to the horror hour. We all go a little mad. Oh, oh, you Hello and welcome to the Horror Hour, the place where we discuss, debate, and disagree on all things horror. I'm one of your hosts, Yutaka. Hello. And I'm joined by Ben. Hello. And George. Hi. And today we are going to give our first impressions on the very first episode of Midnight Mass. And then we're going to discuss where we think it's going and just give overall impressions. So let's just jump right in. And first, because it's Mike Flanagan and Ben does appreciate his work, I would love to hear Ben's first thoughts. I've seen two episodes um, and I really, really like it so far, particularly towards the end of episode two. I was just absolutely stunned with the writing with um, the AA meeting between the priest and our main character was phenomenal. And then obviously the final scene in the church was 10 out of 10. Has anyone seen past episode one? No, because we said we were just going to watch the first episode. Okay. I've only watched the first episode this morning, yeah. Well, very good. The first episode I found to be very slow. It did have some a lot of great moments in it, though. Um, Kate Siegel, obviously, incredible actress. And I'm so happy that even though she only works in Mike Flanagan's stuff, she's still an amazing actress that I think should get a lot more work. And I think it's a shame that she only gets to work there. But, I mean, first episode, I liked it quite a bit. But I'm definitely more excited to see where it goes because I think the themes are the same as every Mike. Not the same, but... He loves to deal with addiction and trauma and stuff like that. And I think that's very, very strong in this show. And he's brought it, um, brought it through in a really, really cool way that I'm just ecstatic to see finished. And I know that, Yutaka, your favorite's obviously going to be the sheriff, Mr. Rahul Kohli, Julio. So why don't you take us away into your initial thoughts? Um, I agree that it was a bit slow. Uh, but what I think made up for that, though, um, the acting, the acting is phenomenal. I was not expecting um, just already the performances that we're getting. So I, I really like that. And I love the tone. I love the atmosphere. Uh, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of like haunting of Hill House or Bly Manor as much. And so I like this setting and I love the backdrop of religion being added to this because I think it's kind of different than what we're used to seeing Mike Flanagan do, or at least that I am. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. Uh, But I think honestly, the cast is so great. And um, (laughs) oh, uh, Bev is just a whole nother type of psycho. And I'm curious to see where that goes, but my first thought as I watched it is I'm intrigued. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I At first, I was sort of a bit like, mm, you know, again, it's the first episode. So I think with most things you do obviously need to have those set up episodes. So you're not expecting a load of things to happen in them. Because um, by the end of it, you know, when there were little breadcrumbs being dropped of, you know, 
like mysteries, various types of mysteries. Um, then I was kind of like, oh, OK, I'm interested to see if they're all connected, if they're all separate or, you know, what it is that's going on. So I did really I did enjoy it. I'm, and I say it, I am looking forward to watching at this point in time I am looking forward to watching the rest of the series because as I say the ending had quite a lot of where you're like oh I wonder where this is leading and things like that so yeah I think it's good and I, again I like the change I like the little sort of um island vibe it's, it's definitely different as you say from what we've seen um with some of Mike's work before so I'm and I like it's it's very similar in a way to the houses in the fact that although it is an island because it's of course cut off from the rest of the world it still has that sort of um claustrophobia if that makes sense because all these you know it's it's, it's still you, it's a core group of people that you're following it's just obviously it's not one building it is an island so I'm looking forward to to seeing which is where it goes um I don't know if I've got any characters that I'm like I mean I really like Ro um who plays Sheriff or Sharif as um the guy called him, <laughs> showing me laugh. Um, I don't know if I've got any characters apart, like that stand out right now that I'm like, I'm looking forward to the stories. Again, I think I need to see another couple of episodes to learn a bit more about everybody um, and see what they're up to. Obviously, the um, Father Paul. Is it Father Paul? Is that his name? Yes, it's Father Paul. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his um story obviously the most I know that's probably one of the the big ones so I'm intrigued by his character the most of course which we're supposed to be um but other than that I mean it took me 35 minutes into the episode to realize that is the unless unless I'm making it up but the the dad is Henry, Henry Thomas, Thomas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I didn't realize it and I was like it was only when they were in the the church and the light was on him and I was like because I was thinking, I'm sure Henry Thomas was in this. I'm sure I saw him on the cast. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, it's him. Like, those are really good. I don't know if it was prosthetics or if it was just like he'd gained weight and, you know, it was just makeup and stuff um, for the role. But he, I mean, he's great in, in everything. Anyway, I really like Henry Thomas. So sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing. I think he's quite an interesting character. And to see the dynamic between him um, and his sons. Um, and I really liked the mum as well. I thought she was, she seemed mm. really nice. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you say, Bev is given me very much um, the woman in the mist in the um... right. Oh yeah. yes, that's a great way to say it. That was the vibe, and I'm sure we might get a bit more of that. Although she seems <laughs> to be cottoning on though to, I mean, to whatever the see. Obviously, there is something about Father Paul. Um, and yes. you know, at the end, she was kind of like, oh. So I would, I'd be interested to see if she ends up like sticking with him for whatever happens or if she ends up you know going the other way so but yeah overall I did I did enjoy it um I wouldn't say oh my god it's amazing but it's definitely piqued my interest for sure to see um to see where it goes okay all right so then those are our first thoughts we'll 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 think about that we'll ruminate on it where do we think it'll go then from here where do we think with the mysteries we saw, with the characters we were introduced, the setting we have, where do you think we're going to go with this? Well, I've seen the second episode and everything that you said you kind of are a bit stuck on. The, the first half of the second episode is honestly pretty boring, <laughs> but you will be hooked by the end of episode two. I cannot wait to get back to watching it because the mystery 
and the the characters, some storylines in particular, the way episode two ends, I was almost crying. Uh, it was just phenomenal. And Mike Flanagan is one of the only people who's able to get that out of me. Bly Manor in particular was really, really effective. Now, where do I think it'll go from where I am is I have zero idea. I am okay. astounded at how it's keeping me on my toes. So I can't wait for you to to get past episode two to, to, to catch up. I couldn't help myself last night. Couldn't stop. Um, but now I really, really can't stop. I'll probably finish it today. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Good. No, that's great. Um, George? Um, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure where it's going to go. I'm not sure if we're going to be sticking with... Again, I'm not familiar with the source material of the, the book. Um, although I know that Mike Flanagan's put it in about two or three of his projects. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know that it's like, this is what he's always wanted to do. So I think that's really nice that he's finally been able to he's do. He's a huge fan. Yeah. Um, and I would be interested, you know, I mean, obviously I've only seen the first episode, but we'll see how it goes. But I think I would be interested in reading the book. I think it'd be, it could be quite an interesting read. But for me, yeah, I'm not sure whether it's going to go down the supernatural route, because obviously there are elements of that. But I think that could just be a red heron. And I think there is more to the to the story. And I think it's going to be more based in, in reality, which is probably even more scary. Um, like, you know, with religion, I don't think it's going to be like we're going to, we're going to get like, you know, Damien or the devil coming out of anything. Yeah. But I think it could be a really interesting about maybe... Um, how you know organized religion small places and the creations of cults and things like that i don't know it's just what i'm going it could be completely different but mm. i kind of like to go with that so i think for me i think there will be times where they're playing on is this some sort of supernatural paranormal some sort of thing mm. but i do think that it's going to be a bit more based in reality and it will be like it they're going to kind of i hate this the word because these are some game of thrones and they ruined it but subvert expectations um i think <laughs> it will i think it will do that for sure so i'm i'm really looking forward to it and yeah i do think like after we've watched this i'll probably will go and watch the next couple of episodes and tomorrow i'll definitely finish it i will have it finished by the weekend so i am looking forward to it but yeah again i'm i think yeah that's my thoughts i think it's going to be more based on reality than than supernatural but i guess we'll see what about you yutaka okay so i um are you guys aware of the story or at least of Stephen King's Needful Things? No, I'm sorry. Needful uh, Things. I have the book and I never read it. You should. It, it's really good. But I kind of get those vibes from this that I agree there is going to be more. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't. I think we're going to discuss in this what we're going to see are like angels and demons kind of thing. I think that's going to come into play kind of so much because of like at the end of the first episode, all those dead feral cats. I'm just, you know, that was odd, but I, I truly do feel like they're going to kind of go into more religious route. And I think part of it, and I think the real horror, as you kind of already mentioned, is going to be the cult like mentality that spreads throughout the town. Um, and I think you're going to have eventually either um father paul or i just don't trust this bev keen character by the way uh i saw an interview with her completely different I, her acting is incredible like 
night and day from the two. Like I didn't realize that was her. It's so I was just like, wow. Um, but I, I truly feel that we're that's that's really the route we're we're gonna stick with religion. I feel like I just think and in needful things, basically, um, the devil or someone like that comes to town and he gives everybody everything they ever hoped for, but in return, they he gets something back in a sense, and but he turns them all crazy, kind of thing. I don't know that if that's going to happen here, but I just see that things are going to happen in this town that I guess uh, it's just, there's got to be a religious upbringing, but you've got to have some, some acts that will do that. And so I think that's what we're going to see. And I'm excited because I think as um, the sheriff being the only Muslim on the Island, I think that's going to come into play really do uh which i i love i i think everything right now in regards to religion and actually just all the characters like ben i you may yeah the first episode was slow but you're not going to believe this when i say this i would give it a 10 out of 10 i was i was shocked because i liked that he is doing something different than we're used to seeing and these characters and these the acting was yeah. simply phenomenal and so i couldn't take my eyes off the screen from anybody who was on the screen really um i think kate siegel's amazing yeah. uh you know I'm so a i as well as great absolutely exactly i'm so happy to see her back on tv so yeah i i really liked it and mm-hmm. i want more I think we'll see more, but that's where I think we're going. So I hope my thoughts are though, I don't want a happy ending. That's I'm just saying that right now. I don't want that. I don't think this story to me just doesn't, this seems like it's going to be a very dark story, which I like. Um, But I think it's going to be an emotional one. So I'm. Mike Flanagan is not famous for happy endings. Yeah. Well, he's also not famous for selling the Indians. Sorry, Ben, but... I personally disagree. I, I know, I know. I'm just, just throwing that out there. I think me and George are kind of on that same page. So mm-hmm. I'm... I have hope. I, I can say I've enjoyed this first episode versus all the other ones of his series. Like, I really enjoyed this, and I really cannot wait to see where it goes. That's just my thought of where it goes. How close I'll be to that, it'll be interesting. I... I could be completely far off too. But I can't wait for you two to get through to episode two. That's going to be really, really fun. Please text whenever you do. I'll be watch after this. We'll do that, but I mean, it's not like you'll respond. Mm. Apologies, I have been very, very sick. Not my fault. I can't go out. (laughs) I'm sick. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a. That's where we're at now. And I think what we'll do is we'll end here because what we're going to do is we're going to finish the series and then we're going to regroup and see one, if our predictions were right and how we feel about the series. And also, will I get a shirtless scene from Mr. Sheriff Hassan? With that, let's leave it there. And we will see you all probably next, within the next few days, probably next Tuesday, where we will... (laughs) 
we're, we're gonna re-edit for them this. it'll be the same day <laughs> yeah oh will it okay yeah. well then we're gonna we'll take this break yeah. and when we come back it will have been a few days and we'll all look <laughs> different and we'll all feel different so yes be right back guys <gasps> Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Horror Hour TV. And we are back. And you may have noticed we've all changed our clothes and there is a an extra person that's been added to the list here today. Very special VIP. We are joined by Natalia from the Hello. council. Natalia, this is your first time on the podcast. So welcome. How are it you? Is. Thank you. I'm good. Hello. Welcome. I'm the diversity hire here. Yes. Um, <laughs> we needed a we needed a female. Uh, you need a female. You needed a lesbian. What else? Exactly. So that's all you need. We've got that all sorted. So as we said before the break, um, we had only watched the first episode at that point. Well, Ben had watched two because he was sneaky. But we've all, <laughs> yeah, we've all now finished Midnight Mass and we're all going to talk about what we thought of it as a whole. So we'll all go around. We'll kind of take five minutes each to give our thoughts. And then in between that, we'll all sort of chip in on what we thought of everybody else's opinions, because what's better than giving your opinion on someone else's opinions? Nothing. So without further ado, Natalia, seems you're the guest here today. Let's start with you. And you're also a Mike Flanagan fan. So Midnight Mass, what did you think? Yes, I loved it. Um, to start off, I love Mike Flanagan so much. I'm an absolute slut for that man. Um, I He could do no wrong in my eyes. And once again with this, it's it's true. Um, bet, don't do a victory dance just yet, just yet my boy. Um, I was watching like the first or second episode and then Ben DM'd me and he said, he gave me some really fighting words. He said that it's better than, it's like the best thing that he's ever done, better than Dr. Sleep. And like, we both really absolutely adore Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I didn't believe him. And now I'm done with it. I finished it this afternoon um in a car on the ride back with a hot spot on like no wi-fi just just with my little phone next to me the dedication to make it, it really was and i was i kept yelling and i i it was very frightening but it was so it was so good it was so absolutely solid um something of a controversial take pruitt is the best character in the entire show and i I, yes, what are you giving me those faces for? It's true. It's true. He had the most development. Like, yeah. from where he started in the beginning, spoilers, I guess, duh. Yeah. Um, from where he started to being a senile old man um, to resurrected um, asshole to smack at the end with being reunited with the love of your life cradling your dead daughter whom you have absolutely had no contact with and like begging for forgiveness ah i love that man and i don't love many men (laughs) okay that's that's my that's my time i love it lots of religious trauma thank you so much for bringing that back to me michael truly appreciate it um, I don't know if like that's part of the reason as to why I like it, um, because it was pretty traumatic. The queers and the church, we don't really add up together. Um, so 
you know, I think that might be it, but like that was, I feel like that was a big part of it, but yeah, really great. Anyone want to, to challenge or agree with Natalia on any of those things? I'll say with Monsignor hear... Pruitt. No. Oh, okay. Sorry, go ahead. What are you going to? I just want to hear Ben's thoughts um, as, as to why uh, this was better than Dr. Sleep. No, I said it's on par. Like it's on level with it. I, I'm rewatching Dr. Sleep after I finished the book, which I just started again last night. I'll be watching it around maybe the 29th, 30th of October. And then I'll really be able to get like a feeling as to which I think is better. Because right now, I couldn't tell you. I think Midnight Mass is one of the best things Mike Flanagan has ever done. He now has a trinity, Haunting of Hill House, Be Quiet George, Dr. Sleep, and now Midnight Mass. I think it's a perfect triangle of horror content. Truly just amazing. To what Natalia said, Monsignor Pruitt was a really good character. And the thing yeah. that is keeping those three together are glowy eyes. Yes, the glowy <laughs> he eyes. Loves glowy is, eyes. <laughs> he loves glowy eyes. He loves fog. He loves aesthetics. He loves making cold weather really pop in his films. And I, that's something I really appreciate. And in his television shows as well, of course. He, Monsignor Pruitt was a great character. I absolutely loved him. Um, now, I didn't love his actions during the show. I thought like, oh, fuck. Like, it was just really like screaming at the TV. But, you know, I'll move on from that. I want to get into a lot of really of the deep stuff. Um, so after episode two, when after that scene in the church that I told you, she stands up out of the wheelchair. That was just, oh, I was hooked. I had no idea what was going on. And so we keep going and we keep going. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, it, it keeps getting very good. And then episode Five happens where episode five ends with that scene on the boat and you had that really amazing scenes all those scenes throughout where they're talking about what they think death is by the way the monologues in this Mike Flanagan wrote the shit out of this show it is incredible the monologues iconic it's like they so, truly are so amazing so that's that's another thing but you know that scene on the boat where like they're it gets, it's so sad. And then he's talking to her and the sun's slowly rising and the stars, they're going away. And, you know, we see him finally take the hand of that girl who he killed. And that's a really beautiful scene. And then we cut to Kate Siegel just screaming. Because, you know, I was wondering, like, is it actually going to happen? Is he actually going to burn up? Is nothing going to happen? Is, is this like a whole trick? And then, no, he's combusted into flames and bone and he's gone and it was terrifying and Kate Siegel screaming her head off sold it so much phenomenal work from her she did it she did a great great job another one another member of this cast who did a great job speaking of this cast they did a phenomenal job with the makeup for Alex Esso I didn't realize that was her in the first episode I thought that it looked like a young person in old person's makeup. Yeah. Like, but I was just like, yeah. you know, maybe not. Like, it did look like that, but I had no idea it was Alex Esso until slowly but surely. And then I was like, oh my God, that's her. They made a 29 year old look like she was 90. For a Netflix show, I thought it was amazing. They really sold that. And then obviously, the reveal that Annabeth Gish's character ended up being the Monsignor's daughter. This show interweaves plot points and reveals and just terror. I'll get to that angel now in a minute because holy shit, 
Um, but wow, just that that right there really, really shocked me. And it was a great thing to keep all those characters relevant as they kept going through. Because I didn't really see the point for like a little bit. There was a lot of characters, but then it made sense. It was it was really, really cool. And last thing I'll say is the last two episodes where everything's kicking into action and you really see this, the falling apart of this community. It was really sad because everyone was united in a purpose of wanting to do good and wanting to be good people. But obviously the theme of the show is how religion and bad actors within religion can use the message to justify their own horrific actions in the in the vein of miracles or God or it's whatever. And I thought that that was very much personified with the character of Bev. They did a very good job about how the Monsignor thought he was doing good. Bev was certainly happy that all this stuff was happening, but absolutely is the type of person who all her life has waited for some purpose and she finally feels like she's been rewarded when in reality she's just been given a chance to vindicate all of her horrible horrible desires that she's clearly wanted to enact for her entire life. A very bitter person. Religion can turn people into bitter people. It can also turn them into happy people, like you see with Riley's family. The the mother and the father, whose names I forget, they can be, they seem like very happy people. The mother, who just, I, she, I thought she was just a sweetheart. She was just adorable. I loved her little glasses. I thought they were great, and I loved her hair. thought she was just a sweet, sweet, sweetheart, you know? But mm. Yes, Natalia. themes. <laughs> sorry sorry i just i have a little gripe um whenever in in this in particular whenever we're talking about religion we i feel like we really should specify christianity because um for very obvious reasons but mostly because a lot of the shit that has happened in the world um has happened in the name of christianity you know mm-hmm. thanks good bit of it, colonizers yeah. What's that um, term? Um, good intentions will pave the way to hell. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I got from this. From Bev. Um, Fucking Beverly. <laughs> but I'll wait till it's my turn because I've got I got things to say about that bitch. Don't we all? Well, she was played amazingly. And that actress is really, really good. She was in Hush very briefly, but yeah. she was very effective in Hush. Wasn't she, she the friend that got well. shot? Yeah, I watched Hush the other night. Killed. She wasn't shot. I think she was Such a stabbed, I think, in the end. She died. Yeah. Shot her with an arrow. She died. Shot with an arrow, yeah. <laughs> she died. <laughs> she died. She was the friend that died. And she was the one who was holding the book. And isn't it funny that that obviously Thingo is in it? Um, what, what, I can't remember that girl's name, but you all always wank over Kate Siegel. Um, yeah, that she was holding the, that she wrote Midnight Mass, the book in that mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. That was, was really nice. Good. Anyway, so. Really is a fan. So I'll just finish up by saying I really love this show. It was very addictive after the first episode, which I thought was a little bit slow in the second episode, which I thought dragged a bit. Once you got to the scene in the church, I was hooked. Couldn't stop. I'm telling all my friends to watch it. There's that one little image, you know, in um, the sheriff, your man, Rahul's house, and he's yeah. turning off the light in his son's bedroom. And then in his window, he sees the little face of the thing, and you don't know what it is yet. That was the most effective jump scare in the entire thing. There was obviously moments where I was screaming at the TV, like when in the cave with the Monsignor, I was like, wow, I was screaming. I was like, ah, oh, no, couldn't deal. It was, it was very effective. The show overall was very effective. Its message is I think very respectful of religion while also call like 
being a deep criticism of something that I think Mike Flanagan's obviously very passionate about. He provides great context to it. And I just thought it was very effective. And I hope it gets some awards attention by the time the Emmys roll around. If the Golden Globes were still a thing, I do think it would have a chance, but they're not. I think they're going to happen, but they're just not going to be aired. So they're just going to be irrelevant. Interesting. Well, you know, good for Mike Flanagan. He did a great job back to form again after Bly Manor and Utaka. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I really, really would. Shit on Beverly sure. for us. Yeah. So we all know I'm not like the biggest Mike Flanagan fan um, because with George, I agree that um, he has issues with ending his, his shows. They just don't, they either don't come together or they're very underwhelming. So with that, I would say this series um, changed my thoughts because I thought this was a wonderful series. Uh, I thought it ended beautifully and heartbreaking. I mean, he pulled no punches with this series and that's what I was really impressed by. I thought the writing was fantastic. I thought the villain, Beverly, was vicious. She was a bitch. And if you've ever seen the actress outside of that, she's gorgeous. So Mm -hmm. that blew me away in watching some of her interviews. Um, But the one thing I have to highlight, though, out of anything, this cast sold it so much. Like, Like Ben said, I would be really upset if there wasn't even nominations. And because it's a horror show, I don't know if that would happen. But it deserves that, if not wins. I thought every character had a standout moment. And I think the, and it's not really a gripe because I just, I wanted somewhat of a happy ending. But I also knew I was like, I couldn't have a happy ending or else that it would take away from everything that we've gone through. And um, the moment you're talking about, Ben, though, that was one of the, uh, like, I was like, holy shit, when Riley was, on the boat i i was screaming and i almost had tears in my eyes and i thought it was just it was so beautiful and also horrifying like mike flanagan did something i um i can't say i've seen in some of his other shows is that he really did a great job of just teetering through just true raw emotion and then true fear and I really liked it. And that jump scare you're talking about, Ben, that got me too. And that's how I was like, oh, damn. Okay. All right. I love the conflicting religion. I, I just, I don't know. I can't say how much this uh, made me somewhat of a fan because I really thought this was, I just thought this was beautiful. There's no other way to describe that. As I was watching this, I'm like, damn, the looks the acting, the writing, the story. I did kind of have a feeling about the vampire situation. I was like, maybe not. However, I thought it'd be annoyed. I wasn't because it wasn't like AHS vampires because that was shit. This was actually (laughs) so well done. And the way that the whole story and the integration and then just basically the corruption of the entire island. I was just like, oh, wow, this is, this was deep. This was, I can't believe I'm going to say it. This was, uh, this was perfect. We got it, boys! This, yeah! this really was. 
And, and Ben and Natalia can attest to how I truly am not a Mike Flanagan fan. No, that's true. But this definitely, I'm not going to look at his other work. I'm just going to look at this. And this as a whole, from beginning to end, was so well done. I loved everything. Um, and I think his cast, I think Kate Siegel finally for once shined, in my opinion. Like, I, I like her, but I think her acting has just, it's very, it's vastly improved. And I'm so used to seeing Rahul do comedy and to, so to see him do just straight drama was also another delight. So there's just like um, things that I'm used to seeing from actors and actresses and uh, everything was just elevated to give you just a beautiful haunting story. And I just, yeah, I loved it. And Bev is like the wicked witch of like, is it the East or the West? Who got the house dropped? East. East, yeah. She deserves a house dropped on her. I get that. I, I, I will say I felt for her because I, I think in her mind, she was doing what she thought was right, even though what she was doing was ah, horrible. Like all those women that stand outside um, abortion clinics. That's Bev. That's yeah. That's they Bev. think they're doing right, but they just, and you try and explain. Anyway, that's not the story, but yeah, I, yeah. what you were saying, I agree. Yeah. So, um, I, but yes, I, I really did. I would, I would recommend this for folks to watch. And it is, oh, you know, for me, I couldn't binge it. Because the I thought the themes were very heavy and well done. And I wanted to take a step away and kind of process that. But it's definitely a show that should be watched. So that's fine. I feel like a gripe that some people are going to have is that it was really slow. And it was like a little boring. Um, I put that one in little hidden air quotes. Um, <laughs> I, I have a counter argument to that. We are on a tiny ass island with a tiny ass group of people. There's bound to be some monotony. Like we really should should expect the kind of like the draw of it and everything. Like don't expect to have a show that is set in an extremely isolated, very, I'll use the word conservative area um, and expect it to be like really fast paced. It's meant to kind of lull you in and um, give you little bits and pieces of all of these characters because it's an extremely large cast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, have some patience. That's what I'll say. But the isolation though, that adds to the horror aspect of horror Definitely. In my yeah. I feel like that was really tacked on, especially in the end with um, fucking Nosferatu flying away. <laughs> <laughs> they dressed him up. They dressed him up. That was the cutest fucking thing in the whole show. They that dressed up freaking Satan. <laughs> I love that part. That, that scene, yeah. The fucking vampire. That, that was the best. That part where they all like stop and turn around and shows like what? That and then you just see a shadow. And you see the shadow of him like standing in like the back of the church. And I was like, oh, shit. That was, that was my favorite scene of the entire, that church scene was my entire, like I was living my best life during that scene. Like I was fully in, no, I was like fully in that scene. Like I was with Kate Siegel going, guys, you can't drink this. Like I was being fully, you know, 
to the autism. Like I was like, well, in the middle of that scene, like pretending I was there. It was a lot of fun. It was giving me very much, you know, drink the Kool-Aid. Um, it was very good. And it was really, I was like really sad. And I was like, there were times in the show, because first of all, I would like to redact my, that something I said in the very first part of this, which was, I think the show is going to be grounded in reality because I couldn't have been more. <laughs> there are vampires. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be Everyone's a vampire. Yeah. So that was a lie. Um, it turned out it wasn't. But there were parts, like you said, Ben, like with when he was in the boat, I was like, I wonder if nothing will actually happen. And it is just like this, you know, cult mentality where these people believe this thing is happening. Um, and there was a few things like that. And I was like, oh, my God, what if like. So I was also shocked when they came back because I was like, oh, my God, what if they don't come back? And this was just a ploy to kill all these these people. But I did really enjoy that scene when they all came back. Um Overall, for me, though, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. You know, I say we can say like the first half of the first two episodes or so was slow. But like, you know, like Natalia said, you know, it's kind of this is I think it works because you're seeing the lives of these boomers who didn't move on, like who were stuck in the past. And like they, they live in this mundane, like you, you think, oh, my God, he's going fishing again. But yeah, that's what they do. Like, And I think that adds to the story because you feel like, you know, the young people on that island where you're like, I need to get off here. Um, but yeah, episode when she stood up, because I didn't realize I actually watched the trailer for this after I finished it. And I'm glad I never watched the trailer for this because you see her stand up. You see her get up and walk the girl in the wheelchair in the trailer. Right. And I was yes. like, oh, I'm glad that I didn't see that because I was as shocked as Ben was when that happened. I was like, oh, my God, this is is crazy. And that's when I was like, OK, this definitely isn't um, based in reality. But overall, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's, I say, it's one of his strongest altogether pieces that he's done um and the ending i really liked although i'm a sucker for like everyone dying so i kind of mm. it was even though it was like sad i, I cried when you all, said that yeah and i am but like obviously it was really sad i did shed a tear when everyone started singing it i was like my god why am i crying about it? and but also because they i also love the fact that they used that song which is from titanic so i was living my titanic it reminded me of you know and it's a wonderful life when they all sing odd line sign at the very end yeah 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 kind of felt like that I, I really would have liked to have actually sang that song because I love that song so much. I don't like the perfect way to end it. But it was um, really good. Um, and I liked what well, you ever say, though. I could, I was, there's part of me that was like, I really want these bitches to get on that boat and just like, don't kill everyone. Like, I really want them, like, I would have loved it. Like, obviously, it was, you know, that would have left it open. People would have been like, we need more if they would have, if they would have survived and if it would have carried yeah. on. But there was something I was like, um, and I do agree that ending was nice. And it was, you know, sad, bittersweet ending, you know, especially for that girl when she said, I, I can't feel my legs. You kind of like, it's like a happy, but like also sad because you're like, oh, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely ended, but also it's sad for her. But um, yeah, I used to, there was a part of me that was like, I want them all to survive. And like, I want the end scene to be them all getting on the ferry, like heading towards the mainland and like, let's just kill everybody. But um, that's me. I, I like watching people suffer. But overall, yeah, I thought it was it was really, really good. Um, and definitely one to I could rewatch in, in the future. Um, mm. And yeah, yeah I think the, the music throughout it, like the soundtrack and also well, the soundtracks at the beginning, lots of these those cool 60s songs because my nan watched it and she was like, oh, I'm loving all this Neil Diamond. You know, there was lots of really great music in the beginning of it. it was. So I would definitely um, watch it again. I think, yeah, out of the three, out of the, the TV series that he's done, I would say it's definitely the strongest. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, he but he's been obviously wanting to do this project for a while, so it's nice that he was obviously he did it at a time I think when you know he had the trust of Netflix and everybody after you know he, see what you want about Blind Manor and stuff, but you know he had. To... He said that the only reason that he would do Blind Manor was if Netflix would greenlit Midnight Mass. Hmm. Well, so. smart man. I'm glad well, they he filmed did. like straight away after. Remember, like they filmed, yeah they finished Blind Manor like in Feb 2020, and they started Midnight Mass in February 2020. Yeah. They only filmed for about a few days before they shut down. Mm-hmm. And then they finished it all during the pandemic, which, by the way, I will say it's the first show that was completely during the pandemic. That does yeah. not feel like it was because I think all of the shows, whether it's Doom Patrol, Love, Victor, all of the shows, Elite, all of the shows that have come out over the past while, I could clearly tell that they had to film during COVID. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the writing or something like that. But I could just feel that something was off somewhere. This was the I... first show where I felt like it was complete i think again the setting has a whole lot to do with that it's really spaced out it's really even though it is quite a tiny little island you just have a lot of like people walking and shit like that really did help it i Um, didn't feel forced though and all those shows have felt kind of clunky yeah but this one it was the first one there's two things we haven't mentioned that i think are really really important to the show one was that little birds of prey dynamic we had with kate siegel annabeth gish and alex esso when they were like coming the trio and trying to like plan that's that's my birds of prey that's the real a force right there the, those women when they were together i was like i know they're all gonna die like I it knew was that just it was die. so short-lived that was the thing that was really sad it was like it was like near the ending hmm. yeah michael it was horrible but also the baby that was just gone I, I was right I was right and I just remember this I remember saying we were like which I, we were we were all right because you were both like yeah Kate Siegel's gonna die and I was like I don't see Mike Flanagan killing a pregnant woman and he didn't because the baby was already dead so <laughs> but yeah that that I was like oh shit when they were like yeah the baby's not there yeah. and I was like it was so good Sorry. it was shocking the way it happened but he planted <laughs> these seeds for what was going on throughout the entire time like I was thinking like, okay, is this kind of set in reality or is it not? Um, mm-hmm. I knew that that thing was there, but I was like, maybe that's just a figment of someone's ima- imagination. And then you had the girl standing up and that kind of made like, whoa, what's going on? And then you had the baby just disappearing. And so, you know, something's going on, but you've no idea what it is. And then when it's finally revealed, when the angel bites Riley and like we, we finally get an explanation then in the monologues that the priest has by the Hamish Linkletter was incredible with all those, but that yes. th- those that episode where we kindly where we finally found out like what the what happened to the monsignor what's going on with riley then it all kind of comes into focus that just ha- just happening after like a one episode after the baby it was just it all came together so well he planted those seeds this is one of the best written shows on netflix it was i truly knew yeah as soon as that baby was gone i was like oh she's dead that's i was like nope that's nope, the reason that's the reason she's going to die cuz she's not pregnant anymore <laughs> I was like, nope. I, I love the fact that as you're further going through the series, it was like, he is throwing out everything. I was like, well, everyone sh- left and this- right. Everyone's like, a vampire now. Just except again, for Rahul he, and he the kids. Just, oh, don't even remind me of that. That was that broke my heart. Um oh, death and destruction in the show was but he, so he really yeah. there was just so much emotion in this show, and that's why I still Again, it's a perfect, perfect show. And the thing that I, sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. Um, I'm just, I'm so like, I'm shocked that I like 
a Mike Flanagan you, production of all people. from beginning to end. Yeah. And again, the thing that's really like well, great about this is that this, hello, shut know. up. I'm the guest. <laughs> Thank you. Go on, Natalia. I was finished. No, no. I was trying to talk and then you just spoke over me. Uh-uh. I love you. Um, big ass <laughs> cast. Right. That's how we survive here. Yes. Big ass cast. Um, and you still feel for literally everyone except Beverly because fuck her. True. Um, and like, wow. Okay, wait. Question for everyone. Top three monologues. <sighs> My okay. n- I've got to remember them all. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, my number three is um oh god do i really my number three is the last one with kate um when she's dying um my number two is monsignor and the mom i don't remember what the hell her name is her (laughs) um when um really that's unfortunate um (laughs) um john and mildred um my that's my second favorite the one where after mildred just woke up after dying and he he was like it was like his voice was all like hoarse and scratchy and he was like you aren't a sin you our daughter isn't a sin like ah ah um and of course, number one is wood carving confession monologue, Monsignor Pruitt. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. That one was so good because we got the visuals with the little wood carving and then boom, he's a vampire. Love it. <laughs> I can't even I remember. Say, a lot of them. Next. Sorry, I can't remember. either. <laughs> I can tell you my favorite one though. My favorite one I think was, cause I've, I can actually remember what, and I, I know vaguely some of them, but I can't remember if they're exactly monologues or scenes, but my favorite one that I remember which I just found really interesting was the one between um, I should really know this character between Kate Siegel and the other gentleman who Riley yes and um, when they talked about what's after death yes I really like that um, I thought that the was really interesting scene. and that was kind of like she that's when I was like oh she's actually quite good like when she was talking about you know seeing her daughter again and all that so I thought that was that was quite nice I was like I can understand why people would would want to believe in in religion in that sense. Mm. So that would be my favorite. Anyway, I can't give a top three, but my favorite would be that one. That scene, that scene was just heartbreaking. So, mm. Ben? And horrifying. For me, number one, 100% is the scene between Joe and the girl who he shot. <gasps> and, she, and she forgave him. Oh, I forgot about oh, yeah. that one. That was phenomenal. 100% my favorite. I do love what happens after death as well. I will say the entire scene because Annabeth Gish and Rahul Kohli, when he's talking about being on the force, um, was very, very good. I went off. Oh, I had to pause it and just explain to my uncle like how mm, I was about that. And then it was also her part where she was going through everything that was going on. And now you think I sound insane, yada, yada, yada. And then there was... Mm, on the boat where Riley's talking just before he's gone and he's like trying to explain everything to her and it's just every everything in the show is really emotional because you know it's finite 
you know it's basically just like a piece of flash fiction. It's here and it's gone. And so the emotion, big things can happen like really close together and uh, and it, it doesn't really undercut itself. There was a big emotional hook in every episode. There was the girl standing up. There was the ain't them Joe dying. There was his dog. Oh my God. Oh, there the was dog. bitch. That, oh, there was then the, the angel biting Riley, Riley on the boat, episode six. And then obviously the way it ended phenomenal. Everything had a huge hook. There was big emotions starting the episodes at the end of them. So just phenomenal all around. The monologues were truly unmatched. Congratulations to Mr. Mike Flanagan. He truly has outdone himself. Um, nothing will ever shop t- shine on Aberstone. I think that's just beautiful, but we'll see. Well, the attacker, before you give us your final, your what monologue you enjoyed, I also want to give the final question after this, which you can start with the attacker as well, is if anybody hasn't seen this show, can you give us one or two sentences, everybody, starting with the attacker after you give us that, why somebody should watch this show? Yutaka, thank you. Okay. Well, I think, again, I'm I'm pretty bad with the monologues as well, but um, Ben actually mentioned the one, and I didn't think about it until he mentioned it. But when, um, <clears throat> oh, what was her name? I'm looking at the cast list. Was it Lisa? Mm-hmm. Yes. She's Lisa. the one. Okay. When she was forgiving him, I was just that, just the raw, well, I keep saying raw mush, but the, uh, just that scene and you could see that he was breaking down and she was still remaining strong and it was just so like oh I feel it in my heart oh my god and I mean because that literally changed him in a sense and because he had been holding on to all of that that's which I get you know but that her forgiving him was so just gut-wrenching and powerful and you know I don't know that that would probably still be one of my favorites aside from, you know, Riley on the boat that I think that's just going to be everyone's, you know, that was a great scene. But to me, yeah. I just thought when she did that, that was such a, a good moment. It, it was, I really enjoyed that. Um, but if you're going to ask why I would tell somebody to watch this show, I think uh, you said two sentences or what'd you yeah, say? Yeah. You know, one, just two. A, one to two. I mean, don't, I don't need a, a monologue. Blurb. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a monologue. I would just say um, it's eh, hmm. if you want. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to give a monologue. I'm just going to say, you know what? It's creepy. It has emotion and it has a very good take on religion. Um, And it's well written. There we go. And acted. And it looks pretty. There we go. Thank you. Natalia? Um, if you want to relive some Catholic trauma, this is the show for you. Um, it's stellar. It does a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily expect and also to be said about religion. I'm, I, I don't get why I'm really honing in on that part. Um, it has a very large cast that you would usually be intimidated by. Um, but everyone works very well with each other and alone separately. Um, there is, it is half grounded, 
with the basis of religion of Christianity. Ha ha ha. And it becomes quite fantastical in a very gross way. Um, more so near the end, which is just a warning because it can, it, it gets very visceral and quite disgusting. Um, but yeah, it's gross, but very good. <laughs> and I'm sorry to everyone who has watched this and has experienced their own religious or Christian Catholic trauma. Um, we did it, y'all. Yay, look at us now. <laughs> Thank you, Natalia. Ben? I would say when I watched The Haunting of Hill House, episode six was probably the best episode of television I'd ever seen. That is the one take episode where all of the emotions come to a head that have been building for like the first five episodes, which were pretty, there were, some of them were slow. Some of them were great. The, the Kate Siegel one was really cool. The, the one about the sister who was the mortician was very good. But, you know, it had been building and building and then all the emotions came to a head and they burst it open in that scene. Um, Midnight Mass is basically that episode seven times over. But one of them in particular, I can't remember which episode it was, um, three, four or five. It was one of those. I can't remember which one, but one of them, as I was watching it, and when I finished it, I said, that matches The Haunting of Hill House, episode six, which up until then was my favorite episode of television of all time. And now I think, I can't remember which one. I'll get back to y'all. I think it was episode four, because I think you messaged me and said that it was that one. Right. Okay. So it's that one. <laughs> um, truly unmatched emotion bursting through the seams. So if you're looking, you know, it's very hard to find programming for October. It truly is. Like some of all, of all the legacy horror films are never like on Netflix here in Ireland. And it's very tough to sort of get the perfect viewing experience. Well, I think if you were to make October truly special this year, Midnight Mass would definitely be one of the many things that you could add to your watch list. And I think you would be very happy. So happy spooky season. Happy viewing. Happy spooky season! It's spooky time. And mine would be, if you are interested or enthralled by the next sentence I say, then this show is for you. And that sentence is, the greatest trick the devil the devil ever gave was convincing you that he was God. And that's all I'll say. <gasps> Hot. <Ooh>. Very <laughs> sexy ending Thank there, you. Mr. George. <laughs> So I think there's no great note to end on, but um, I want to say thank you, Natalia, for joining us for this. It was very pleasure. And I'm sure you'll be back when we have a Mike Flanagan inspired episode that Ben keeps pushing. Yes, um, please. As long as you don't have to mention that film yes. Hush, because that film Hush was dreadful. Um, oh, it was so bad. Like, it's really oh, You're horrible. such a man. It's really poorly people. directed. No one likes them. No, it's really, there's no, there's no horror oh. in it. It's all really, yeah, no, anyway. But, it's because wow. you're a guy. Nobody asked. Nobody asked. I think I, we can move on and get to the yeah. outro. Hold on. No, no, no. You shut the fuck up about Hush. That's a great Hush. fucking film. Hush is the... It's really badly directed. It's not... a masterpiece. No. Oh. I wouldn't go... oh, well, hold on, hold on. It's not a masterpiece, but no. the fact that they also put you in the um the main characters with, you know, cutting out the sound and just as if you were almost deaf and it made you really get into the movie. So you 
you, sir, are wrong. They took out all the drama and the, the horror they could have had with not showing. They kept showing the killer and he or lost all interest in the killer was going to. You, you knew where he was all the time. There was no secret to it. So you were never scared that he was going to pop up because it kept showing him every five seconds. But anyway, yes, we'll talk about that another time. Thank wrong. you so much for everybody who's listening today. Thank you so much. I'm going to be taking control of this. Uh, but yes, Natalia, thank you so much again for joining us. We can't wait. To I'm mad at you now. I love you too. Don't forget to download some Sims for CC. Um, but yes, thank you very much for listening. You can obviously find more episodes like this on our YouTube channel. And next week, I mean, I don't really know what we're doing next week, but you'll be here next week. It'll be next Tuesday. We'll be talking about something about horror. So just stay there. And during the week, you're going to get some more movie reviews from me. Me so and you'll bingo also one Yutaka, the bingo film, incredible. Oh and yeah, no, that's... you watched it. Yeah, it was great. He just oh, said it I was incredible. <laughs> he's going so to be messaging you now, Ben. Um, and also you'll be able to get some American Horror Story reviews as well, um, which if you really want to see me and Yutaka just pull apart a show that's falling apart the seams, then you will also enjoy those. Um, and their know, vampires yeah. danced around in circles like they were like hippies or something and dropping acid. That was insane. It was, oh. it was a lot. Um, and you can also check out the council. Uh, I think. Yeah, I'm on it here. We got so, a pig. Yeah. Um, the link, of <laughs> Her course. Her name is Boobra. <laughs> they're both squirt on that. Yeah. Um, the link for the council's links will be on the description box below. And you can also, yes, you tackle. We also have our own merch as well on the Horror Hour. The link for that will be in the description. Basically, just go in the link, the description go box. Down. There's going to be so many links. You can go spend down. half an yeah. afternoon there while you're reading through emails on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, but without further ado, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.